0: Welcome to another episode of Speaking Broadly, uh, my name is Krishna Hurry and today I'm joined by RMD, Hilary uh, Broadley and our special guest Sarah Gleddle, a uh, communications and PR consultant with a breadth of experience ranging from the British Red Cross uh, to her current freelance work. Uh, welcome to the show, Sarah. Uh, would you like to give us a brief intro about your work?
1: Yes, thank you Krishna. Um, yeah, I, I currently work freelance um, for varying organisations of different sizes. Um, working with boards and MDs particularly to help develop really effective messaging and communications to help organisations reach their audiences. Um, Going going back into my my work history, I've worked with the British Red Cross, as you mentioned, um, particularly there on international fundraising and working with cultures across across different countries um, with a, a large international federation and closer to home, I've worked with, with homelessness organisations in London, um,
0: and local authorities. So, so some varied work. Helping a wide variety of people get their point across. That's, that's right. That's brilliant. Right. No, that's, that's that's exactly what we want. Um, so, no, brilliant. So today's theme is actually the importance of internal communication. Something which is sort of really pivotal uh, for our business because you know we have to we have to keep. Uh, regular contact with our clients, um, really, and, and you know we pride ourselves upon that. Um, just to provide some context for our listeners, uh, it would be good to get both your viewpoints on the issue of communication. Um, in general, what, what is internal communication within the context uh, of an organisation, and why is why is it important? And I suppose that's to sort of both of you, Hillary and Sarah. Sarah,
1: do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, so. Internal and external communication, I think quite often people draw quite a firm line between the two. I I tend to see them as really intrinsic to each other, actually. Um, If you have an organisation that people want to work in, that people are happy working in and feel part of, then the ripple effect of that goes towards um, the external audience. And it's really crucial to your reputation and your success externally as well. So internal communication, it it sounds very obvious. It's about keeping your staff informed, keeping them engaged, keeping them connected with your overall purpose, what you're trying to do. Um, But I think really vitally, it's also about hearing your own people, um, hearing what's going on for your staff, knowing what's on people's minds, taking people on the journey with you. Um, and making sure you're really working as one organisation. So in some ways, it's it's about information flow. In other ways, it's also about hearts and minds and about being one really effective organisation.
2: Yeah, I think I, I definitely echo that. And I think it's really interesting that, um, as you say, Sarah, it might sound obvious in terms of communications, but it's amazing how easy it is to get it wrong. Um, and I think there's there's also that danger of you feel that you've communicated something if you're doing top-down, as it were, Um, but what people actually hear on the ground and understand from that sometimes can be quite different. So, um, and our business, you know, broadly speaking, is relatively small. There are only 30 of us. Um, But actually, communicating clearly, in my experience, over 21 years of doing it now internally, is not as easy as it sounds, even with a small team. So, I think it's always something that you've got to be conscious of. And as Sarah says, it has a direct um, impact on how well you do as a business in terms of how smoothly you communicate and share ideas up and down the organisation internally.
0: Yeah, I'd agree. I I think it's quite interesting um, that, you know, when you mentioned there, Sarah, it was, uh, you know, the the difference between internal and external communication, it's not as big a gulf as people sort of think really because i suppose if you're if you're communicating uh you know your your sort of core corporate message to your staff what is the what's the sort of huge difference between that and your client you know i suppose i suppose it's it's easy to think you know they're different but in many ways you know the the same yeah the same thing it's quite it's quite a very interesting point actually and i I think
1: just just as hillary says. I think that word authenticity is is really important. I think sometimes organisations feel that they must communicate in a corporate way Mm. have a message Mm. which actually feels quite alien to people who are just Mm. working from the office day to day. Mm. And actually it's about finding a voice that's a real one that feels real to people um, because it's about replicating that every day.
2: Yeah, so you can't do something that you're not comfortable with, can you? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and also, I think it's about knowing what your values are. So it sounds very grand, but you know, we need to know as a business what's important to us in terms of how we're seen, how we treat our suppliers, how we treat our customers, how we treat our partners, which is, of course, about communication at the end of the day. Um, but sometimes, you know, if you have, I think it's important that you agree as a team you know, how you want to um, speak to and connect with your customers, for example. And then that has to run through everything you do and every touch point. Um, And that's one of the first things you can get wrong, actually. And in the past, you know, is that your different people within your organisation have a different idea of what good looks like when it comes to communicating with the customers. Yeah. And, you know, that's not good. So there needs to be some consistency. We need to agree as a team, you know, um, what good practice what best practice is and and also maybe just simplify it as well keep it simple easy to understand what Sarah says yeah. um, and easy to do
0: yeah it's very it's very interesting because um, you know I, I suppose that leads on very very well to sort of uh, sort of the next area really um, I suppose a, a key part of our job in broadly speaking, as, as you as you touched upon, Hilary, uh, is to sort of be advocates for our clients and, you know, report back clearly and, and efficiently. Because obviously the work we're doing is mm. often really, uh, you know, really, really complex. And, you know, and our clients, you know, really want to see how we're doing, you know, um, and rightly so. With regards to this, and once again to both of you, really, really interested on in getting both of your uh, of your viewpoints on this. How can a business, or indeed a business person, um, inspire more confidence in their clients? Um, I suppose whoever wants to pick that one up.
2: Well, I, I, it's, uh, interestingly, it's something which we think about all the time. And, and that's partly because, broadly speaking, is an outsourced company. So our clients outsource lead generation and prospect management to us. So that means that we're not sitting in their office. We're, they can't see what we're doing. They can't reach across and chat to us or... Um, hear what we're doing minute by minute so there's a huge amount of trust involved and and that's where communication becomes absolutely critical Um, and you know they will give us a project but of course we have to build that trust and communication is key so the question that you asked Krishna is is a very personal one and I think you know you need to have clarity you need to um, have consistency in reporting Um, and in terms of building trust I think you know it's about anticipating their needs. It's about identifying issues. If there's an issue or a challenge or a problem, you know, raise it quickly, deal with it, flag it up. Yeah, um, 100%. And, you know, if if, if you're um, – and prepare thoroughly for, for every um, touch point, you know. So we have um, a plan whereby we commit to um, meet uh, – at least verbally or on Skype or, you know, once a week to review and report to our client. And we try to make that, uh, you know, we set that in a diary and we stick to it. So it's the same time every week. We also have a commitment to speak verbally, you know, if necessary during the week as well. But there's there are touch points laid down um, and formalized, which we adhere to, to make sure that we're not missing anything and we're, you know, keeping up with them regularly. Um... So, it's about planning, consistency, um, anticipating their needs, um, and managing expectations. Definitely. You know, um, yeah, definitely. But you have to put yourself in your customer's shoes, don't you, if we're talking about communicating with the customer? You, you have to look at it from their viewpoint, not yours. Mm. What do they need to hear from me? What do they need to know?
0: How can I help? How can I make things clear? And how can I build that credibility and trust? No, that's 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 brilliant, and you know I think it's touched upon quite quite a lot there. How does how does that align with sort of your experiences, Sarah?
1: Yeah, very much so. Hillary's taken my my favourite two C's—the <laughs> the, the clarity and the consistency. I've, I've written um, that down. Yeah. Sometimes I add compelling as well, just to make it a neat three C's. But yeah, um, but absolutely, I think it, it's about the regularity. I think quite often. <clears throat> People make the mistake of sort of rushing into the detail and it's always worth remembering that from a a client's perspective, you are one of many people they're speaking to that week.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: And actually just a very small recap on what you're there for, how far you got last time, just helps set the scene and introduces what you're about to have a discussion around and then a recap at the end. So those basics of what did we what happened last time, where are we? The progress that you make during that discussion or that email and then what are the next steps. It just helps convey that feeling of confidence and that you're in control of a process and that the collaboration is is a really open one. So so all of those things with with lots of C's. Mm-hmm. And, and and that that empathy piece, I think, really important. Um, understanding the challenges that a customer or a client might mm-hmm. have, um, showing demonstrating that you understand those challenges as well, um, helps build that rapport and that empathy that you're
0: taking a journey with them. Yeah, a client can always tell if you can, you know, you see their point of view. I find very quickly, it's very intuitive mm-hmm. to grasp. Definitely, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's that's absolutely brilliant, and. Um, Sarah, in particular, um, you know, you, you've previously discussed the importance of uh, sort of internal stakeholders uh, feeling trusted uh, with a strong knowledge of what's going on within the organisation. Uh, I suppose this is pertinent for both of you again. Um, what do you have to bear in mind to keep a high level of trust with sort of internal staff? I mean, I, I appreciate you said there's not not much difference, but is there any other different considerations? Uh, you know, when when you're when you're factoring in internal staff.
1: Yes, of course. Um, I th- I think an easy mistake to make uh, and a point of difference between internal and external is it's so easy to presume that your own staff know what's going on. Um, it's easy to make presumptions about their level of knowledge um, and actually making sure that you build in those mechanisms on a day-to-day basis. So, for example, what's actually been discussed at board this week? Um, What are some of the challenges that leadership are facing at the moment? That openness to discuss, to share information. Sometimes just to to recap on where an organisation is, helps just make people at every level of the organisation feel that they are a trusted and valued part um and that they understand the challenges that the organisation face. And I think it you know the good litmus test of whether an internal communications function is working is is there a does it feel like a happy place? Do people feel valued yes. and trusted and respected? And you can usually tell that instantly when you walk into an office or, or meet a team. Um, so it is about the sharing of information and trust in that way it's also the way in which you relate to one another. Um, it's the way in which you try and avoid those hierarchies between leadership and other members of
0: staff, where you listen to each other equally. Of um, all of those things help build trust, I think. Um, obviously, you did mention, you know, bearing in mind that you know, the difference between internal and external communication, Really, really, you know, there, there is there is very few. So speaking from a very general area now, um, just so people can sort of have a little, have a little checklist, <laughs> I suppose, what would you say, once again, to both of you, um, would you say are the common mistakes uh, organise, organisations make when improving uh, communications with both internal and external um, staff or contacts, clients? Well, I, I mean...
2: I guess I would say don't make assumptions, you know, in terms of how people want to be communicated with or what they understand or know. So it's a, it is about, if you can work as a team internally and talk about how best to communicate and how people like to be communicated with and what they'd like to know about, um, that's important. I know from a, a leadership point of view, it's, it was pointed out to me once that if you're the leader of the business then you're if you're, you're leading you're at the front you might be at the top of the mountain but the others are only halfway up the mountain because they're following you so your view and where you're going and your vision is a lot clearer than theirs it's up to you to communicate what you can see and where you're going and tell them what's going to be there when they get there and actually you know so sometimes I think to myself well how come someone's asking that question surely they know what we're doing but how do they know unless I've told them so you know it is important to remember to to communicate frequently and the update Sarah talks about. I mean, we have a team meeting, as you know, Chris, once a month where yeah. we get everyone together and share an update from the board about exactly where we are, where we're going, what we're doing, how the figures look, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. And we, you know, get input from the everybody in the team as well in that meeting. And that's really, really important. I think it works really well in our team. I know we're a relatively small business. And if you've got a big business, then it might be... More difficult, but actually not. If you break it down, if you have a regional meeting or an office meeting once a month or whatever it may be, yeah. those things are really simple to do. They only take half an hour to an hour, and the impact, I think, is is huge.
0: Yeah, it's, it's quite interesting you mention that because um, you know when I first uh, joined Broadly, bit of a bit mm-hmm. of an anecdote. <laughs> you know, you you kind of think you kind of think to yourself, oh God, monthly team meeting, what's that going to do? You know, oh, you know, blah blah blah. And and, and you, you go into this meeting, and afterwards, I I was stunned to realise that I was actually like really motivated just by knowing what's happening within within the whole company and knowing where the overall direction is. Um, I was I was just suddenly incredibly you know uh, motivated and, and, and on board, and and I think knowing it's it's really easy when you're in the trenches, isn't it? Sometimes to sort of sort of forget the the sort of bigger picture. And, you know, especially when you go into into that and, you know, touching upon what you said, uh, Sarah, I think it's very true. Having an overarching mm. view of what's going on in organisations is absolutely brilliant. Um, no, definitely very highly motivational stuff. It sounds yeah. as
1: though you have quite a, a healthy sort of internal culture going yeah, on here, then, which, which is good to hear. I think that maybe a, a wider point just around Hillary's point of um, standing on that mountain, you know, if you're the leader. Um, Sometimes I think there is a place for others to realise that that place is quite vulnerable Mm. as well Mm. Um, and to actually be quite open about some of the challenges, occasionally admit if mistakes have been made. I think that all helps with trust, actually, because we are all human and that, that mistakes can happen at leadership level as well. And actually, it can help people
2: feel part of a family of an organisation as well. I think that's absolutely true. I think we, 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 we occasionally, as you say, we all, we all make mistakes. And I think it's, you know, you always worry that it's going to worry the team or the staff if you say, OK, we've had a bit of a tough month last month or whatever. But actually, I think as long as you're cons- consistently transparent and you also talk about what you're doing to address that, then the team are big enough and ugly enough to deal with that. You know, it's not, a, they, they just prefer being in the loop. Um, so i think that's a very good point do you think that krish being a member of the team yourself <laughs> yeah yeah you'd rather be in the loop than out of it
0: yes yeah definitely and it's exactly like what i was saying with the, with the team meetings really uh, you know that i sort of realized you know especially during this this even just during this discussion that if i'm feeling like that as a member of staff but i know where the company's going how's a client going to feel if you're if you're catching up with them every week and you're, you know, you're on the ball, you're prepared, um, you know, they constantly know that the, the long term. If I'm feeling motivated after just like sort of one monthly meeting, how motivated is the client going to feel after, you know, a weekly catch up So, yeah, you know, it definitely all falls into place, um, you know, 100%, 100%. You
2: know what, the other thing that's interesting is that I think a lot of this is textbook stuff, isn't it, really? I mean, this is what it says to do in textbooks about communication <laughs> But the, the interesting thing is that it's actually fairly simple to do. But So lots of people sort of pay lip service to it, but don't do it in business or think. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I would say that it's actually much easier to do than you think. I mean, you just yes. you know hold a team meeting and then you speak and you share. Mm-hmm. And actually, mm-hmm. the impact is huge. But so many people just don't bother to do it or don't mm-hmm. get around to it, which mm-hmm. is a great shame.
1: Mm-hmm. And and I, I would add to that sort of the, the celebrating successes mm-hmm. again, something that mm-hmm. every textbook would say do. But I think sometimes organisations feel that needs to be a massive mm. success, mm. a big contract win or something. Yeah. Actually, successes take many different forms. Exactly. And it can be about someone just having broken through on something they've been struggling with for mm. a week. And actually, that
0: deserves as much mm. recognition and success. Right. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, we find that as well. Like the amount of times we've had, um, you know, uh, somebody somebody get in a really really you know uh, interesting meeting people were thinking we don't need to mention that but the client themselves says great work <laughs> thinking of ourselves you know we, you know that it, it, it means a lot to, yeah. to that client so you know they mm-hmm. yeah, definitely um, it's very easy to undersell yourself sometimes yeah. <laughs> on that one really um yeah, so that's that's absolutely fine. I, I did want to uh, touch upon one thing uh, that we sort of touched upon in the beginning of the uh, of the chat, really. Um, Sarah, you, you were sort of talking about the importance of speaking as one organisation in the beginning. And I thought it'd be good just to sort of uh, maybe maybe touch upon that as a final thought. Um, why, why is this important uh, uh, and how would you advise a fragmented organisation uh, that's struggling to find a unified voice?
1: Of course... Um I think it's actually fairly straightforward. I think there's a lot of science around brand, and there's a lot of science about speaking it as one. It's fairly straightforward in in my view, and that's around agreeing what you're there for. Which, again, it sounds obvious, but actually, when people have different remits, different roles, they're working at different levels of an organisation it's easy to become slightly fractured because your world can become quite focused on your single objective or your team's objective. And actually, it's about remembering what the overall purpose is and making sure that that's conveyed. I think one question that I quite often put to organisations is, are you agreed on what you're here for? And actually, it's amazing how... Many organisations feel that's such an obvious question. Of course they know why they're here. But actually the articulation of it can be quite different at different levels. Definitely. And so it's always worth even just for one day sitting down and saying, let's just remind ourselves, are we agreed on why we're here? Are we agreed on the most straightforward, compelling way of describing that? Right, once we are agreed on that, let's just have this written down so that we know we're all roughly saying the same thing every time we speak externally Mm. and to ourselves. And and that's not about a sort of corporate message, that's not about a laminated mission statement having to be sort of replicated every time you speak. It's about what I like to call the beating heart of the thing. Is that beating heart actually coming across every time you speak to somebody? And if you're all agreed and if you're all practiced in it, then it will in a very natural way, not, not in a sort of corporate
0: jargon way. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's any a brilliant point. And, Hilary, any, any thoughts on sort of a struggle, uh, an organisation that's sort of maybe struggling to find a unifying voice or, or communicate with the clients? Well, it's really interesting, isn't it? I think, I mean, I completely agree
2: with, with what you're saying there, Sarah, and I think we find when we say, on board new clients, for example, one of the first things, because we are representing them, so one of the first things we have to understand from them is what their why, their, what their why is and what, you know, and whether they're all together. And we may be sitting in a, a boardroom with all of the senior people of our new client and they will all have a slightly different version of what they do and why they do it. Um, and that's one of the first things that we have to you know, get straight is, is a clarity on, on that point. Um, but actually it's so easy to fall to make that mistake yourself I think as a business Um, and we try to check in I think on how we all feel about uh, broadly speaking about what we're doing and why we're doing it what our purpose is because if you know we all need to be on board with that and and it's really interesting that even if you leave it you know for for a few months or a, a month or two and you check in sometimes there's a bit of a haziness about well actually i'm not too sure or you know and that's something you need to try and you know eradicate if you can um, but i think it's about repetition and free, re- revisiting it frequently and checking in just you know to see what the sense is and what everybody's sense on
0: that yeah that consistency going about here yeah,
2: definitely yeah
1: and, and I think that that uh, applies um, across all your platforms as well. So, yes, that, that tone and voice piece mm. um, in terms of verbal communication, making sure that's really consistent mm. on your social media, yeah. on your website. Yeah. I think it it's quite easy to have almost like a personality shift where perhaps when your staff are speaking to clients, you sound very upbeat, mm. very dynamic, quite forward-thinking, mm. And then suddenly there's a bit of a shift. Your website might feel quite corporate mm. uh, or vice versa. Mm. And so it's about getting the tone of voice as well as the language consistent.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Brilliant um, insights from, from both of you there. What I like to do in this show uh, is to sort of prepare some key takeaways because, uh, as you know, a lot of our listeners—they want to know, you know, what you know, what, what can they really take away from this, and you know, how how can this benefit their business? So, feel free to interject if I might have missed anything out. But um, I think, you know, from what we've discussed, uh, you know, uh, it was going back to the beginning there, Sarah. Um, that sort of uh, difference between internal and external can be a little, slightly, an illusion, as it were, and they're they're more similar than than many organisations think. Um, Second thing is obviously authenticity, really. And, you know, I think Henry touched upon this multiple times. That sort of, you know, being really authentic to your to your core message. Um, and the third, I kind of cheated here because there's like three. The three Cs I put as my third thing. <laughs> so there's a bit more of the three takeaways. But nevertheless, they were very important. So I wrote them down, which is clarity, consistency and being compelling. I suppose in our industry, consistency is probably the most important there. However, you know. There are different industries, and I suppose one of those three may be a linchpin or maybe all of them for different listeners. Um, any thoughts on those sort of takeaways? you think I've sort of hammered all those key points there for our listeners?
2: <laughs> yeah, I would just say keep, keep it simple and, and, and do it, just do it. Yeah. So it's about um, thinking about how your team or your clients or your suppliers would like to be communicated with. Yeah. And, you know, put yourself in their shoes and then just... You know, just do what you know is, is right. I think it's about going back to basics and the three Cs. You can't go too far wrong.
0: Yeah, definitely. I thought, no, 100%.
1: Sorry. Yeah, I think i just add to that. Don't try and be something that you're not mm. in the same way as an individual, just be yourself. <coughs> yeah. Organisationally be yourselves, but but be your best selves. You know, I think quite often people think of communications as about spin and about inventing Mm. some sort of fabrication of yourselves.
0: It's just about being yourselves, but consistently so. Exactly. No, I think that's very, very pertinent. Um, No, I I think that's, uh, thanks for your time, Sarah. Um, You know, I I think there's a lot to sort of learn here, especially concerning sort of uh, especially our communication with our clients and how to get messages across, but I'm sure, as I mentioned before, across a breadth of industries. Um, that's sort of all we have time for today, but please do check us out on the Facebook and Twitter by searching for Broadly Speaking. Uh, and all of our other podcasts can be found on iTunes, Stitcher and Spotify by searching uh, Speaking Broadly. Uh, it was great having you guys aboard. And um, yes, we'll see you. Uh, we'll um, speak uh, soon.